This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I want to let go of my tension with Mary. I want to let go of my beef with Lisa. I want to let go of this urge and need to be good enough for people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was, of course, a clip from this week's The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. The ladies were doing a lot of let-go work once they arrived at Zion. And for a cast of characters who have never let anything go over the course of 15-plus episodes this season, I can't believe they kept saying, we gotta let it go, and then nothing's being let go, which is fine by me, but they just kept mentioning, gotta let it go, gotta let it go. Let it go, let it go. Let it go. I sometimes wish, I know you guys know that I have a terrible voice and I cannot sing. I'm tone deaf. But I sometimes wish that I could sing like Adina Menzel in Frozen. You know, you get in the shower sometimes, in the acoustics in a bathroom, they sometimes convince you, trick you, bamboozle you into thinking that you can sing like Adina Menzel. And I certainly can't. But the whole episode, every time somebody said, let go, I was like, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You guys don't want to hear that. All the dogs are barking. If you're, there are dogs in the room, as always, escort them out when you listen to this podcast, because otherwise you're going to hear a lot of barking. My voice isn't great. Anyway, uh, we have to talk about that episode, but before we do, the reunion looks. Did you guys see these? If you haven't, go look immediately. Pull over. Go pull them up. The looks of what these women wore to their upcoming reunion, which we don't have an air date yet. I'm assuming it'll air in maybe a month or so. We're going to see the Real House of Salt Lake City reunion. But they did release a first look at the outfits. And ladies and gentlemen, wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. Wow, reunion looks, wow. What was going on? What was going through everyone's head? I don't want. I, I don't want to say that it's the worst reunion looks I've ever seen, but I am implying it because it was truly shocking to the eyes and the rest of my senses, to be quite honest with you, because everything got a little bit of a tingle when I saw Meredith Marks and all those fucking feathers. And they're all beautiful, stunning. And if you look at the outfits, though, what was going on? And I sort of prefer when the women on these shows have a reunion theme. Remember when Atlanta, they all wore the black gowns? Or on sometimes they'll do like a two-color scheme or on Beverly Hills, remember they had that like neon reunion where it was all kind of like, like what was the theme here with the Real House of Salt Lake City? Could they all, all have gotten on board with one color or something? Because uh, what was happening there? And maybe even just one fabric. Maybe we need to start ruling out some other fabrics because I can't see the feathers anymore. What's with Meredith Marks and the feathers? I mean, how many birds did she kill in the making of this season of the Real House of Salt Lake City? Because I'm seeing fucking Big Bird everywhere. 
I mean, Jim Henson Company can't even make a new Muppet because Meredith Marks is hoarding all the furs and the feathers. I mean, it's truly like enough is enough. And it was revealed that Brooks, the son, the Brooks and that other, um, I forget the other designer, but they apparently designed that Meredith Marks looks. And I, I don't know you guys. And I don't, what do I fucking know about fashion? I don't know anything. You'll look at me on, uh, if you see me on the streets, you're going to see me in some pajamas or something, especially because it's pandemic. I'm just walking out of the house and whatever I'm wearing. I'm not thinking about what it is, just whatever I got on. And it's sometimes, uh, you know, from 1998 old Navy collection and sometimes it's current, but, Meredith Marks, you guys, what was that? And then Jen Shaw, too. Jen Shaw had the... A lot of people online were saying she looked like Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove, which is a classic Disney film, if you haven't seen it. It's like, it almost feels like a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes movie, uh, but it's Disney. It's really funny and fun. Uh, but what was that? And then Jen Shaw, though, she was said she said she was inspired by Cardi B's outfit because Cardi B wore that same dress, but I don't remember it looking like that on Cardi B. And sometimes, as we know... You something on somebody else looks something looks different on you, right? We've all been uh, bamboozled, right? Back in the day, everyone was getting the Rachel haircut, but nobody looked like Rachel. Nobody looked like Jennifer Aniston with the Rachel cut. Everyone looked like they got in a fight with the lawnmower. So it's a lesson to us all. Just because you, you go into the hair salon or the or a Dillard's and you say, "Give me this outfit or this look," it doesn't mean you're going to look like that look, right? I mean, when I was younger, I was a kid, I wanted the, the Devin Sawa, Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut. I wanted the bowl cut. But my hair, it doesn't go like a bowl cut, right? Like, I didn't have that kind of style of, my hair is too thick, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like that. So my hair never laid flat. They had that, like, flat, kind of thin hair. And I got the thick Italian hair. So I didn't, I wouldn't look like that, but you want to look like that. And so anyway, Jen Shaw apparently was inspired by Cardi B. And I looked at the picture of Cardi B and I was like, Cardi doesn't look like you, Jen. <laughs> Although Jen Shaw, I mean, they all had great hair and makeup, I want to say. I look, I zoomed in and I will be honest. I liked, uh, What's her name? Whitney's look. I like Whitney's look with the one single green glove, although I can't really be sure if I liked it in comparison to the others or if I actually liked it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because as a whole, it was like my eyes were least offended by Whitney's look because when I looked at the whole picture all together, I thought... But I guess when I zoomed in, I like Whitney's the best, or should I say I hate it at the least... Um, and, and Heather, I guess weather, weathers were the best outfits for me. I guess I, I, none of them really. I don't know. Lisa, I guess individually some of them weren't bad, but as a whole, it was just like, woo. <laughs> you know, when something just hits you real quick, you get like a chill. I got a chill. I was standing up. I fell right over. I blacked out. I went right on the ground and just started, uh, you know, I lost myself for a second. And Matt came in the room. He's like, what are you doing on the ground? I'm like, I'm sorry. I just looked at the real Salt Lake City reunion looks. You know, I passed out for a second, lost my footing, got some vertigo. And uh, so it was just, it's a lot to take in. And maybe if you haven't looked, maybe just don't. Maybe it's a good idea to just not not look at them. Don't even Google it because it's not, maybe we should just find a new way to air the reunion too. I'm not sure if Bravo, they're still probably editing it, but maybe we just, uh, I don't know, can we CGI them or something? Is that in the budget? I'm not sure, but that we should figure out some way. I'm thinking we can throw some CGI on the screen, or maybe we just kind of cut it off at the at the head, 
And so they zoom in, and then we just see the heads arguing with Andy Cohen. Do you get what I mean? Like, maybe that's a good option uh, going forward. Uh, but it looks like it's a snowy set. You know, I love a Hallmark snowy set, so I'm excited about that part of things. And Mary wasn't at the reunion. Now people are saying that it's because of these reunion looks were so bad. Mary decided, no, I can't be seen with these people. And so that's allegedly... It's rumored by me only that that's why she didn't show up. And I don't blame her, quite frankly, because I saw those looks. And I'm sorry to say, and, uh, you know, people are going to, people could drag the way I look because what do I know? But uh, I do know that it wasn't a good look. <laughs> do know that much. Uh, okay. So what else is going on? This week on the show, Real House of Salt Lake City, it ended on that stripper bus on the way to Zion. It's travel day. And I, I do want to say they're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of kettle or, or a lot of kernel work. There was a lot of different types of popcorn on this bus. I noticed it. I paused it. And if you recall last time when Jen Shah got pulled over at the Beauty Lab and Laser parking lot on the way to the other cast trip and was arrested by Homeland Security, you'll recall that we broke down the food that was on that bus because there was a loaf of bread. A loaf of bread. Now, I didn't see any loaves of bread. I did pause it, and I was like, where are the loaves? And I didn't see any loaves on the bus, but I did see so many different t- kinds of popcorn. They had that boom chicka pop, which I, that always it always makes me a little uncomfortable. That one popcorn brand. I think that's what it's called, boom chicka pop or whatever. <laughs> I always get uncomfortable when I see that at the grocery store. And I don't know. Maybe it's really good popcorn. Uh, but I don't like the name. And is it is that popcorn? Actually, maybe it's like the... Is it cheese puffs or something? No, I think it's popcorn. The boom, chicka pop. I mean, I know they were trying to be cute and clever with the name, but it just is like, it's too much. It's too much. It's popcorn. Like, let's just call it popcorn. And then the other one is smart food popcorn, which I have had that one. Also, have you had the pipcorn? It was on Shark Tank. We got that once. That's also, I don't know that we need to be cute and clever with the popcorn names, but maybe I guess it, it makes people want to buy it. I don't know. But there was just a lot of different popcorns on the bus. And I know that's not what this is about. I think I just spent five minutes talking about popcorn on this bus, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Those of you who have stuck with this podcast, uh, you know that sometimes we have to talk about the popcorn for a few minutes. Uh, But they're on the way to Zion. Jen is yelling at Lisa. Lisa doesn't understand the fight, and quite frankly, I don't understand this fight. Uh, Jen eventually has to go talk or sit next to the producer, Shanae. And I truly don't even, I don't even understand what they're, fighting about. And then I also found it a kind of annoying that, okay, so Jen, she stands up and she gets in Lisa's face and then Lisa's like, come on, give it to me or whatever. Let's go. You know, they're all yelling at each other. Let's go. And they really could have fought physically. And they were both saying like, let's fight, let's fight. But then nothing physical really happened. It was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm making any sense. It was, I sort of just thought like somebody should clock somebody, but I don't want to promote physical violence. I'm not saying that. So please don't take that out of context. I'm just saying they were saying like clock me, but no one was clocking anyone. But then they were trying to act like they were going to clock someone. Does that make sense? It was like, no, but there was a certain point on the bus where it was like they weren't even being held back, but they were like, I'm going to clock you. And it was like, there was no, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it just, it felt like either go there or just let's sit down and let's fight across the aisle. Do you get what I mean? Like I would have preferred if Jen sat on one side of the bus, Lisa, and they just argued verbally. It was like they were getting in each other's faces, but I, I felt like it was all false. Is what, I, I guess that's tr- what I'm trying to say is it, it didn't ring true to me because I don't think any of them had any intention of throwing any punches, which is a good thing. Uh, but they were trying to make it f- seem like they would. 
And I don't think they were trying to like hold themselves back. I think they were trying to do it for camera. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes on this show, I don't make any fucking sense. You know, I get messages and people are like, what did you mean by that? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, okay. But I did love Jenny, Jenny on the bus. She said, I grew up in Long Beach. I know what to do. And so Jenny, I would love to see Jenny growing up in Long Beach and she apparently got in some fights in Long Beach. So let's see what that was about. Can we flash back to that? Do we have any home, vid- home footage of Jenny in Long Beach? Cause it sounded like a good time. Now, Heather, she says, Mary and Meredith, they're in cahoots. They decided to not even get on the bus. And Heather's saying, I wish I wouldn't have got on the bus. I want to join their alliance. And she says, I'll chant whatever Mary and Meredith want me to chant around the cauldron if they let me join their alliance so I don't have to ride in the stripper bus. I mean, it wasn't that exact phrasing, but it was something like that. And it really made me laugh, really made me laugh. And then Jen on the bus says Meredith and Mary Cosby did something to her. And she's crying. She says, this is my life and my kids. And now she's really the victim in this situation. And Lisa hugged her. And Lisa says, Jen just needs to feel heard and loved. And Jen just needs that. And I was like, how did this go from one? I didn't understand the evolution of this argument. Didn't understand what it was about. Then it seemed to just get thrown under the rug or pushed under the rug. And maybe it'll come up again, but the Lisa Jen of it all just made no sense to me. It felt so performative. I think that's what I was trying to get at earlier. It's just performative. Uh, But they all make up, and then they decide that Jen gets the best room. And I thought, why? Because she's a criminal? I mean, we don't know that. It's up to the judge and jury to figure that out. Um, So I don't want to say that. But I did just say it. I uh, don't really... I don't know why... I didn't understand. I mean, I guess because she's going through a lot. They were like, you get the best room, but I don't know. And you know, Meredith was probably pissed when she arrived at Zion. And she's like, what, we gave her the best room? Like, for what reason? I mean, I, I, not only that, because I know she's been going through a lot. So even taking out the law, she's been rude to everybody. Like, she's been mean to every last one of these women. So it's like, why is she getting the best room? So that's what I would say if I was uh, any of the other women. I'd be like, well, we're not going to give you the best room because you've been an asshole to everybody. And so, yes, you've been through a lot, uh, and I empathize with that, but maybe we don't need to give you the best room. I'm not sure. Anyway, they finally arrive at Zion, and I thought, poor Kevin, that man's seen it all. Seen it all, and he's ready for them to get off that bus. You know, when he's like, that, what was that show? Move that bus! You know, Kevin was saying that in his head the whole ride to Zion. He's just thinking, move the bus with these women off of it. You know, he's like, get off the bus so I can move it. Move that bus! <laughs> What was that show? Remember? Remember, that was the uh, home makeover show on ABC. Remember? It all came out that these people had to pay all those taxes on that house, you know, and they would get the whole house done. And it would put them in the poorhouse. These people, uh, you know, they didn't have tons of money. And then ABC would come build them a big ass house with Ty, whatever his name was, Ty something. And then they'd lose all their money because they had to pay the taxes in the house. I mean, those poor people. Didn't that come up about Oprah too with the Oprah favorite things, which I miss? Uh, I miss the favorite things, and I know Oprah still does it. She does it on the magazine, and I get it every year on the holidays. But I still need, on the OWN network, I need Oprah to do the full episode. Like, I don't understand. That would bring so many viewers to OWN. Like, they do, like, sort of a live stream thing, but last year they didn't even have Oprah involved in it. It was, like, Gail and that other guy who runs the Oprah magazine, who seems like a great gentleman. But... I need them to do a full Oprah Favorite Things episode, because I still watch that on YouTube every year. It's a yearly tradition for me around the holidays. I watch, you know, Elf, and then I put on the Oprah Favorite Things episodes that are uploaded on YouTube. 
because it was a fantastic TV. And I don't understand why the own network doesn't reboot it and just put out produce one episode a year of the Oprah Winfrey show, the favorite things episode, and give people a bunch of shit because that's what we want to see. And although it did come out that they had to pay taxes on that stuff that she gave them, and uh, it was expensive, it was still appointment TV. It was appointment TV. And did they ever reboot the home makeover show? I don't know. Maybe they did. I'm not interested in watching it. But I do remember watching it on Sunday nights, ABC. Nothing better than Sunday nights on ABC, ladies, am I right, with the Desperate Housewives? They had Desperate Housewives. They had Brothers and Sisters. Then they'd play uh, Extreme Home Makeover. It was like, bam, 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 hit after hit. Hit after hit. I had a lot of caffeine today. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm talking about the 2004 ABC lineup, so you know I'm I'm in it deep. Let it go. Let it go. Okay, so they arrive. Uh, Jen and Lisa make up. They arrive at the house, the Zion house. It looks nice. They see a note that the men left. Okay. Like, I don't believe that for a second. And even on the note, it had all the men. It said, like, uh, from Seth and from whatever their other people's names, the other men's names. And then it also said Robert Sr. And I was like, there is no way that Robert Sr. was involved in the writing of this note. I don't believe that any of the men in this cast have Robert Sr.'s phone number. I just don't buy it. And they put his name on the note, on the gift. And I kind of feel like that's what happens We've all been in that situation before, right? You give your boss a gift or you give your sibling a gift or your parents and you write you write other people's names on the card and you even as you're writing it, you're like, they shouldn't get fucking credit for this, but then you feel bad and you write their name. And so I think that's what they did with Robert Sr. because I don't even think Robert Sr. knows where these women are or who these women are. I think Robert Sr., I know he was at the first season reunion, he showed up on the TV screen, but I don't believe he's ever actually met these other women. And so, let alone the fact that he's going to meet the other uh, women's husbands of the show that his, his uh, step-granddaughter slash wife is on. That's, a, that's a, something that we shouldn't have to say, step-grandfather, step or what, step-granddaughter and slash wife. That's not a phrase that we should have to say, but it's something we do when we're recapping The Real House of Salt Lake City. Anyway, Jen's drunk already, and Lisa says, I'm going to be mean now because you know, she's been through enough on that bus. So she says, look, I'm just going to have to be mean because I can't, nothing else works. And I supported that. I supported that. Then we cut to Whitney sunning by the pool. I love Whitney's tattoo. And and also, didn't she look great in that bathing suit? I thought Whitney looked so hot in that bathing suit with the tattoo. She called Justin to tell him about the spiritual healer. Then Heather arrived too, looking hot in the neon bathing suit. I was like, man, these are looks. Heather should have wore that neon bathing suit to the reunion. I mean, anything. These two should have just dressed like they did at the pool, because I thought they looked great at the pool. So they should have done a pool theme and just let the women wear the bathing suits, because those reunion looks were not it. Not it. Uh, Jenny says that she can't swim, and it made me laugh because Lisa offered to teach her, and Jenny's just like, no. She's like, I'm not interested. And good for her. You have to know your limits. I think it's important sometimes to come from a place of no. A place of no is underrated. I'm tired. You know, I know that we had that other one say, come from a place a lot. Yes. On the Real Houses in New York all the time, she used to say that. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes you need to come from a place of no. And uh, we then see Mayor and Meredith, uh, or Meredith and Mary arriving. Uh, Heather keeps talking about Celebrity Deathmatch. I really believe that Heather was like a super Celebrity Deathmatch fan. She mentioned it about 60 times this episode. Remember Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV, where they would have the clay figures fighting? And you'd see like Steve Urkel fighting, I don't know, uh, Courtney Love and Clay form. And uh, I used to tune in 
all the time on MTV growing up. It was like, yes, there was a new celebrity death match. And I would love it because it would be such obscure celebrities. And I believe that Heather was right at home watching with us. You know, she's one of us. She was just a big fan of Celebrity Deathmatch because she kept mentioning it. And now I'm thinking MTV needs to get Heather Gay on the line. And we need to reboot it. Or Bravo needs to do like their own version of Celebrity Deathmatch. Like Bravo Celebrity Deathmatch, where it's clay figures of like Danielle Staub fighting, uh, I, I don't know, Jeff Lewis. That's what I'm saying we need to do on Bravo. They're looking for new programming all the time. So let's get the Claymaters or whoever. I'm not talking about Clay Aiken fans, although I know they're the Claymates. I'm talking about the people who Claymation uh, do that type of animation. They need to get Bravo on the line and let's get a Bravo Liberty version of it, right? We could have Ray from The Real Houses in New York just in Clay form fighting uh, Brandy Glanville or something. Like That would be great TV. I'm not sure if it's culturally appropriate now. I mean, I think that if I were to go back and watch episodes of Celebrity Deathmatch, it might be kind of troubling. Uh, but we can update it for 2022, right? We can we can see where we're at and, and figure it out. So then uh, Lisa, Heather says to Meredith that Lisa and Jen got in a huge physical altercation. But it does feel like there is no, there was sort of a resolution, but now we're all acting like it didn't happen, didn't it? I mean, Heather's telling Meredith and Mary, but like Lisa and Jen seem so fine now. I didn't, I didn't get it. But Meredith said, uh, when, when Heather said that to her, Meredith says, what do you mean by that? And I just have to point out, if you go back and rewatch the episode, just listen to her line reading. Meredith's given us some crazy ass line reading this season, but she said, what do you mean by that? And I'm not certain that Meredith's not a robot at this point because I'm like, who says words like that? Do you ever see online, like when they have, uh, they're building all these robots? And I was just watching this one where it was like a robot trying to mimic human emotion, right? It was this video where you only see the robot's head and then, it, or the, I should say, the head has like skin on it, but then like below the neck, it's like a robot body, right? Because they didn't put the full skin over the robot. And it's this video of a robot trying to mimic human emotion. So its eyes are going and it doesn't look real. It looks crazy. And it's like almost there. Or it's very similar to the movie The Polar Express, right? We talked about this a million times. It's like the kids and Tom Hanks in that movie The Polar Express, they're almost looking like humans, but there's just something quite off about it, right? Like they're so close, but, uh, the fact that they're not quite there makes it more unsettling, right? And that's kind of how I'm feeling about Meredith's line readings this season on The Real House of Salt Lake City, because it's like, who says a line like that? She's, what do you mean by that? And I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but go back and watch. I'm like, it's like almost human the way she's saying it. And then there was that one time at that Italian dinner where she said, so uh, maybe she was slurring. I don't even know what she said, but she's like, so what do you think of the cousin? And it was like almost human, but not quite. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on there. But it's something to look out for is what I'm saying. Something we need to be all aware of, cognizant of the fact that maybe Meredith's half robot. And that's okay with me. Um, but it's something I'm looking, looking. And they're all wearing white to this uh, Zion healing event now. They're going to get ready to go to this thing. Uh, Jen says that Meredith is looking Mary's asshole because these two are in cahoots. They arrive together. And I, I've said on the show before, I don't really understand the Mary and Meredith alliance. Uh, we do have a scene where Jen is seemingly drunk getting wasted, and she's got like really big 
were those pasties over her bubbies? That's what I was trying to figure out. I couldn't tell if it was blurred or if she was just wearing pasties over the nips. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what that was about. Um, but I love how Whitney, she's trying to get all the gals together for a healing night. And I love that she loves the healing. And um, she does want to get to this place early, though. Apparently, you have to be there while the sun's still up. This big desert field or this big open area, they all need to get there before the sun uh, goes down. And so Whitney's telling everyone, like, we need to hurry up. I know you're all supposed to be wearing white, but Meredith and Mary arrive late. She's like, just come as you are. She tells Meredith to come as you are. And Meredith, uh, to come as she is, she's wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Uh, wait, how did I say it? Tuxado? I felt <laughs> wrong from Father. Nobody, Armani doesn't make a black tuxado. Um, but uh, she was wearing a Canadian tuxedo, which uh, really, it was a jean jacket and bell-bottom jeans. And all the other women were wearing these nice, gorgeous white gowns and outfits. And then Meredith Marks had to show up in the ceiling center in a Canadian tuxedo. And uh, Mary didn't even go, because Mary, she was late. They just left without her. They were like, well, fuck Mary. And then they just left. And Mary was getting ready. And Mary doesn't care. But I did feel in that moment, when they couldn't get Mary on the bus to go, that was when I felt like, okay, I can't do this with Mary anymore. It's like, I need Mary. I know she's probably not going to be back next season. She didn't show up at the reunion. But I need the women, whoever's cast, to be at all these group events. I can't have Mary or someone like Mary just saying, I'm not interested in going, or I'm going to be super late. I don't mind if they're a little late. But I need everyone to show up. need everyone to show up. Then we get to the healing center. The sun's going down. And even I was nervous about losing light. I don't know. Whitney made me so nervous that we had to be there when it was sun up. And I'm like, uh-oh, we're losing light. And I was like stressed at home. Uh, but they all put some red shit on. Then they're all going to let go of things. Let it go. Let it go. Bettina is the woman who's telling Maul to let it go. She's like, you need to let go of some stuff. And Mary did finally arrive 35 minutes late and then awkwardly stood in the background. So we're going to talk about all of this. You guys, we have to take a quick break here. Uh, but we're going to talk about Bettina and the way they banged on that drum. Or Yeah, it's it's a lot to handle, a lot to take in. But it's something that happened on this show. And so when we come back from the commercial break, we'll talk about letting it go. Uh, please stay tuned uh, for the rest of this episode and tune into acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of everything iconic. We'll be right back. Let it go. Let it go. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. 
And we're back. Let's talk about Patina in this healing moment where they were all letting you go. Mary arrived 35 minutes late and then again awkwardly stood in the back. And Whitney tried to invite Mary. She says, why don't you come on in? And Mary just says, I'm good. And Whitney says in her confessional, like, look, I showed up at Mary's church. So if uh, Mary's shown up to my event, she should just participate. And they should have flashback Mary's church. And I just, I wish we spent a little more time in that church because I have questions. And I feel like they should have filmed there at least five or six more times. Because we were there, what, one quick scene last season? And I just need to know. I need, I need to know. That was a song by Mark Anthony, wasn't it? I need to know. Ugh, I need to know. I don't sound like him. Okay. Then uh, everyone was happy after this healing event. They all go back to the house, and they're going to be doing a dinner, but the dinner's late. Apparently, they had other plans with Bettina, but the sun went down. Mary and Meredith were late, so they weren't able to do all the plans, but they were able to get to their five-course meal at the house. Jen Shaw changed into some snakeskin. Meredith went and changed into what looked like a white robe, and... Lisa said when she arrived down in the new white outfit, because she was wearing the Canadian tuxedo. And now she arrived and said, I love it. I feel like you should be in Europe, she said to Meredith, and that made me laugh. You should be in Europe. And then this is when Whitney gives a very shady speech. Now, just have to remind everyone where we're all at with the group. They all despise each other. I don't think any of I think maybe Heather and Whitney sort of like each other. But I feel like it's really in that like familial way. Like I don't think they're actually like, that super close. But they do seem like they don't hate each other, Heather and Whitney. Everyone else, though, I, I'd say just about every other pairing definitely despises each other. And if you don't believe that, you're fooling yourself. And uh, it's true because we just see these alliances and it's pure chaos because everyone's turning on each other. It's like Jen and Jenny are fighting, then Jen and Meredith, then it's like Whitney and Lisa. And it's just like every single pairing despise each other. Heather hates Lisa. And I mean, it's shocking to me. I've never seen a cast quite like it. And I think it's beautiful. But they definitely would never be... Here's the thing. With The Real Houses of Orange County, you know, I've said this on the recaps for that show, I don't feel like any of those women would hang out. On The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, although they hate each other, I do feel like they would hang out with each other. Does that make sense? I know it's sort of crazy, but you know, you've been in those friend groups, right? Or you know friend groups where it's like, they don't like each other, but they're going out all the time together. And that's how I feel about Salt Lake City. So it does, it still feels like good TV to me. Whereas on The Real Houses of Orange County, it's like, I don't believe that those people would ever go to dinner together. But on Salt Lake City, they definitely despise each other. And yet, I believe that they would all hang out all the time. Uh, except for maybe Mary. I don't think any of them would hang out with Mary, because none of them like Mary. Anyway, uh, Whitney gives a shady speech that really kicks everything off. Whitney asks Mary and Meredith why they didn't come on the bus, and they gave some excuses. Uh, they had to bring out some white blankets for these women, because it looked like it got cold. Uh, but Meredith says, if I want to take a rocket ship to Zion, that's on me. So for, uh, in other words, Meredith is saying, look, I'll arrive at the cast trip however I want to arrive at the cast trip. But Meredith, I need you on the bus. Okay. Get on that bus. In the words of Ty. I know he didn't say that, but I'd like him to say that. I'd like him to show up on this screen and rather given, uh, rather than giving a home makeover, I'd like to see Ty yell, Meredith, get on that bus and Mary, cause I need him on the bus. I mean, what is going on? And how are the producers allowing this? The producers need to step in and say, look, you're in this show. We're paying you lots of money, or we're paying you money. You need to get on the bus. 
show up on the bus. We're filming the bus, so get on the bus. That should be it, the end of the conversation. Uh, and Bravo produces, I need them to get tougher with these women. I know they're probably already pretty tough with the women, but I need them to lay down the law. So if they're listening, any of them are listening, I need you to tell them, get on the fucking bus or get off the show. Uh, and we love them all. We love them all, but I'm just saying they need to get on the bus. Uh, so then let's see what else is going on. This is going to be hard to break down. I know I'm here to recap this episode, but it's like everybody was just fighting with each other. And uh, I didn't quite understand it. It was like Meredith excused why she wasn't on the bus. And then she said, I'm sorry. But then Mary didn't say anything. And Heather says to Mary, are you sorry, Mary Cosby? And Mary just says, no, I'm not. She's honest. She's If nothing else, Mary Cosby is is honest in this moment. And then Jen says that Mary's at least being honest with the group and Meredith isn't. So then Jen and Mer- uh, Meredith start. Meredith says she feels a lot of hostility from the group. She felt it after Seth's uh, boob cake party on last week's episode. And at this point, I was confused about Jen and Lisa, if they're friends, because Lisa, she wasn't, she wasn't saying anything. It was confusing. It was confusing. And then Jenny chimed in for airtime and asked if uh, Meredith, if she was mad at her for inviting Jen to the lunch that she threw, and then Meredith says to Jenny, I was confused because you called Jen a criminal. And then Jenny, Jen says, I'm not a fucking criminal, Jenny. And so then Jen and Jenny are going at it. Then Whitney confronts Meredith about being friends with Mary. And they're talking about each other as if like they're all not together. It's like almost like sometimes they're talking about Mary as if Mary's not sitting at the table. Or they're talking about Jen Shaw as if Jen's not at the table. And Lisa says she got close to Jen. So now Lisa's getting in the mix. She says, I got close to Jen to bridge the gap between Meredith and Jen, which was a total lie, but I respected it. Uh, and then Meredith, let's see. Meredith says, what, or wait, no, this is Whitney says, what about Mary and I? Why isn't anyone trying to help that help bridge that gap? And that was just Whitney trying to get the number one feud in the group, right? Because I think Whitney really wanted her feud with Mary to to take over the season. But obviously, this Meredith and Jen feud seems to be taking a lot of the air in the room. So when Whitney said that to the group, what about Mary and I? Like, it was just so funny to me. She's like, what about our feud? And Mary's not even interested in the feud with Whitney. She's like, whatever. And then... <laughs> At one point, Mary just like, she just completely resigned to the whole show. She's just like, I want my steak. I've never seen Mary more disengaged than she was uh, towards the end of that dinner. She's just like, where's my steak? And she said, didn't she seem so relaxed, Mary Cosby? She seemed so chill, so relaxed. She's just like, yeah, whatever, Whitney. Like, okay. Like, she didn't care at all. She just wanted her food. That's it. Jane had to leave the, uh, the dinner table, though. Because uh, she just wanted to eat in the kitchen. She didn't want everyone to talk about uh, her and her arrest and all that stuff. And then Jenny brings up Mary's slanted eyes comment and how Meredith defended Mary. I mean, it's all just so layered. It's just so layered. I, I don't even know how to break all this down. It's like there's a hundred fights going on at this table. A hundred of them. And that's not exaggerating. It's literally a hundred. I think we need a, we need to do some sort of flow chart of all the fights and the feuds that are happening on this episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City, because I'd imagine there'd be lines everywhere, right? It'd be a line from Jenny to Mary, then Jenny to Meredith, and then Heather to Lisa, and then Jen to, I mean, it's, 
Oh, it's unreal. I feel like I need a math degree to just recap this episode of The Real House Size because it's like, I can't keep up. And I have notes, detailed notes, ladies and gentlemen. If you were to see my notes, they look unhinged, but they're very detailed notes. And the ones that I'm reading from also have a ketchup stain because I had a club sandwich with some ketchup on it while I was watching. So there is a ketchup stain in the middle of my notes. But you know what? I'm still uh, persevering through it even though this is a hard episode to recap because of all the feuds and I got ketchup on my notes. By the way, I got to ask you, do you all, when you have a club sandwich, Matt thought I was crazy because I like ketchup with my club sandwich, which I maybe is not a normal thing, but I mean, I'm a big ketchup person. I love my ketchup. I like it with eggs. I know people think that's gross. You're all probably gagging at me, but I also like ketchup with a club sandwich. And Matt's like, why do you eat ketchup with a club sandwich? There's tomato on it. You put mayo on a club sandwich. And I'm like, I like my ketchup. I do. So I don't know if any of you eat ketchup with the club sandwich, but if you do get at me, (laughs) holler at me. Um, Anyway, you don't really have to holler at me about that, but I'm just saying any of you who eat ketchup with your clubs, I guess we're soulmates. Um, okay, so then Jenny, what else? Where are we? Oh, Jen arrives back at the table. Mary goes to get Meredith back at the table. They all convene. Lisa says to Meredith, are you okay? And Meredith says, I have no idea. I'm here. That's all. It was so dramatic. It made me laugh. Yeah. Are you okay, Meredith? Meredith just responds with, I have no idea. I'm here. That's all. Meredith had another really dramatic moment later. I'll find it in my notes, but it made me laugh. And then Whitney says, uh, speaking for the audience, she says, why are we all here if no one can get along? (laughs) I was shouting through the screen. I was like, because you're all on a reality show. That's why you're all there, even though you don't get along. Uh, You're filming a show, and we like it. We love watching it. This is, to me, one of the most thrilling episodes. And I... I know that it's troubling to recap, but I really thought it was just so... I was on the edge of my seat watching all these women sit at this dinner table. It was like Shakespeare. It was like every relationship had an issue. And I know we've gotten some great episodes of Salt Lake City, but it's just like, man, they've been delivering on a different level this season. I just feel like... I don't even know how they go forward, because I feel like every episode since about the half... Or a little before the halfway mark... I felt like they, we got a, a few episodes at the beginning of the season were a little slow. And then it was like, we got a good episode and then it never stopped. It was just good episode after good episode after good episode. And I'm just so impressed by these people and the producers, the editors, all of them. I mean, may we all give them their props, give them their flowers. So what else is going on? Uh, why are we there if no one get along? Mary says she can't give Whitney what she wants. And she's like, don't worry about it. That was when she just gave up and said, don't worry about our fight. We're done. Then Jen brings up why Meredith hired a PI to research her. And Meredith said she investigated every single cast member, which was shocking to me. She hired a PI to investigate every single cast member. I mean, I don't know if other women do that on the other franchises, but I'm fascinated by the fact that Meredith Marks didn't. Feathers and all. I don't I don't know why I had to say feathers and all, but I just now I can't say Meredith Marks' name without thinking of all those fucking feathers she's wearing. And she's so stunning. Meredith is a beautiful woman. I just think we need to scale back on the feathers. But maybe it'll be one of those situations. You know how we're all judging the feathers. Remember when Dorit first wore the hair clip with the word thing in it? Dorit was, I believe, the very first one on the Housewives to wear the hair clip with the word in it. I don't remember what it said. It might have said like hot or something. I don't know what it said. But then suddenly we started seeing all the other women on all the franchises years later wearing those hair clips with the word in it. And I think this could be one of those situations. 
Now, I'm not super confident that the feathers is going to be one of those types of situations, but I'm just reminding us all that when Dorit wore the hair clip, I remember everyone made fun of it. I truly remember that first episode. I think it was like on, uh, it was on like the last episode of one of the Real Housewives seasons. And I think everyone made fun of it. And maybe it was at the reunion. I'm not sure, but I remember everyone talking about it. And then we saw everyone wearing it. So I'm just bringing that up. I don't necessarily think that the feather situation is going to be the same thing. I'm just, I think it's all important for us to remember going forward. Uh, okay. So what else is going on? I don't even know where we're at here. I lost my, I lost, we're talking about the PIs investigating every cast member. Jen yells at Jenny. Uh, then we see Jen and Meredith yelling about Jenny's, uh, about Jen's vagina again. They were really, Jen got up and was getting in Meredith's face a little bit. And then, uh, cause she said, my kids, your kids talking about my vagina. And Meredith, her voice got loud. She's like, he said he saw your vagina or we did see your time and time again. He saw your vagina. Oh, Meredith said, I saw your vagina over and over and over again. Uh, and then she says, someone, uh, um, Marilo and Crystal said, cover your vagina over and over again. I don't know who these people are, Maria, Mario and Crystal, but they were just shouting about Jen's vagina. I mean, real, I wouldn't have loved that if there was just a whole scene about people yelling about my private parts. I'm sure Jen was watching this episode and just was horrified by the fact that there were cast members, including herself, arguing about her own vagina. I mean, wow. And then uh, Jen was in Meredith's face, and Meredith's like, get out of my face. They both said they have big bombs to drop. Now, I don't know if you heard this, but Andy Cohen was on his radio show. I, I heard a clip where he said, there's a bit of information that comes out at the end of the season that is mind-blowing, shocking. It changes all of it, right? Apparently, there's this big bomb that gets dropped. Now, Jen and Meredith both said in the scene, do you want me to say what I know? Like, they both had something. And I think Jen was referring to Meredith's affairs that have kind of been alluded to. And then she said later in this episode, like you have 10 lives, you have 10 other boyfriends. So I don't think that's the bomb that we're talking about. I think there's something else and it might be about other, one of the other women, but Meredith also said, she's got a bomb to drop about Jen. She's like, you don't want me to say what I know or whatever. And I just feel like I need to know what this is because Andy Cohen made it seem like it's going to be really good. And I need to know. Somebody tell me. In the words of Mark Anthony, I need to know. I need I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. I need to let go of singing on this show because I know you're all tired of it. I know it. I know it. Uh, okay, so Meredith walks away. She says uh, she is disengaging. That's when Jen yells, you're fraudulent. You live 10 lives. And then Meredith says, who's calling? Who a fraud? Love you, baby. Bye. You know, and that's when Jen says, you got 10 boyfriends. Next week, there's some physical activity. That was the end of the episode. It was thrilling. And also, we didn't get it to be continued. So I feel like maybe they're finally listening that we don't want all those to be continuous. You know, because they're doing it every week. And this was a thrilling episode, and we didn't need it to be continued. Because I'm going to tune in next week. I don't know about you guys, but this was a great episode. And I'm going to be tuning in week after week, because they are delivering. Uh, but next week on the show, they're doing a lot of physical activities. So it's like, I don't know, they're doing some gym stuff, which sometimes that could be really fun in Housewives. Remember uh, Orange County, they did the ropes course. Nothing better than Vicki Gunvalson on the top of a, a mountain or a, a, a whatever, a bridge, a bridge of ropes, just hanging on by a thread. And so I like when they make them do the physical activities that these women would ordinarily not do, right? 
ordinarily. The Salt Lake women, city women would never go, uh, remember when they went snow tubing? And it was like, none of them want to go snow tubing, but they're doing it on the show. And so next week they're climbing the mountains and all sorts of shit. So I'm lacing up my hiking boots and I'm going to tune in. I'm going to tune in. Uh, anyway, I feel like Mary and Meredith leave next week. There's this big thing that happens. Meredith freaks out at 8 a.m. And maybe that's the big bomb that gets dropped or something. I'm not sure. Uh, but I do believe that Meredith and Mary leave this trip. I don't know why. That's the feeling that I'm getting. And uh, I'm just kind of, that's what's bubbling up underneath. And that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. So we'll see. But I'm excited about that big freak out at 8 a.m. that happens in Zion. And I've never heard of Zion before, but now it's on my radar. And that happens on the house size, right? They go to some place and suddenly you're thinking differently about that place. It's like, now I know about Zion. And so there was a time early in the Housewife vacations. Remember, they used to get to go to these really amazing locales. Remember when Scary Island, they went, and that house they stayed in on Scary Island, they were on the yachts. It was like a really ritzy, fancy vacation. And then suddenly the vacations start to get real cheap. Remember on The Real House of Atlanta, they showed up at one house, and they, they had to get like a new hotel. I think that maybe happened last season. It was like, oh, we're not staying here. This is gross. And it's like, I had read a story about how a lot of these nice vacation spots, they don't want to be known for housewives anymore, right? Like it's too, it became trashy, déclassé. And so the housewives weren't able to go on these really nice vacations anymore. They were going to really shitty vacations. And what you were seeing in the houses too, some of these vacations they went to the housing just looked cheap and bad. And now I'm starting to realize, like, no, they should, uh, whoever these fancy vacation spots are, they should want the housewives there to put them on the map. Because a place like Zion, I would have never known about, and now I want to go visit there. So I want to encourage all the Four Seasons out there, all the, I don't know, the nice yachts and everything, like, let's get the ladies there. Let's get the gals on on these nicer trips, because they're putting you on the map. And so I I think these uh, vacation destinations, they need to start uh, recognizing and appreciating the women for doing the hard labor of getting uh, people interested in their vacation spots. And so hopefully going forward, we get nicer vacations again, because I miss back in season three, four, five of these shows of the other franchises that have been longer running. They used to go to nicer places, and I'm tired. I know that th- during the pandemic, it was a little bit more challenging. Uh, but on The Real Houses of New York City, they were going to Salem, Massachusetts, and that hotel they stayed in was a nice old hotel, but it was not... Uh, I'm sure it was nice for anyone to go to. You know, I took a lot of heat. I told people on this program that that was a shitty vacation spot. Uh, but it looked like it was a nice hotel to stay in, but not to film in. I need big, luxurious uh, Caribbean vacations. So going forward, let's let's get somebody on the line. Maybe we need to hire a travel agent at Bravo so we can go to some nicer locations because I believe that they're worth it. They're worth it. They're putting Zion on the map. That Zion house did look nice, but I still feel like it should be even nicer. Right. Like I want to see luxurious and I know they're filming in the real houses, Dubai. Let's get the women in Dubai. Remember the uh, Beverly Hills women went to Dubai. It was like this gorgeous, huge hotel. Wasn't that in Dubai? I uh, remember I, all I remember is Eileen Davidson had like fish in her room, right? Like the, the wall was a fish tank. And so that's the kind of luxuriousness I want to see going forward on the real housewives. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Okay, that was this week's episode. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Anything I got to tell you? Oh, I saw the new Scream movie, you guys. I loved it. I loved it. I was nervous. No spoilers. I'm not going to give any spoilers. But I was super nervous because I love the Scream movies. And I had heard good reviews. A lot of people said they liked it. And uh, when I did see it, it uh, was uh, up at my expectations. It just was so wonderful. I need to see it again to see where it ranks on my all-time Scream rankings, but it was fantastic. And so I highly recommend you go see it. I went to the theaters. I know a lot of people were still in this pandemic, so some people aren't comfortable going to the theaters. Uh, but it made me realize like how much I miss the movie theaters. And I just, uh, I, the movie theaters are one of my favorite places on earth. And so getting to go and then seeing a new screen movie and it being good. Uh, and I went to a matinee, which I know it's hard for people to get away, but maybe if you're, if you're a little nervous, go to a matinee or a quiet showing or next week after it's been out a week, maybe it'll be easier for you to go. Uh, but yeah, it's just so much fun going to the movie theaters and getting a big-ass large popcorn. I had a pretzel. The AMC theaters, they have that Bavarian pretzel. And this was the first time I got it. Normally, I got the pretzel bites. And I got the Bavarian pretzel, and it was the size uh, of a small child. It was humongous. I got it with the nacho cheese sauce. I couldn't even eat much of it because it was so humongous. I felt like I didn't even hit a dent in it. Although I will say, I do want to complain about something at AMC for oh, just one quick second. And that is the fact that the movie was supposed to start at, I think, like noon or something, or one o'clock. And the movie didn't actually start until 32 minutes later, because they show so many fucking commercials and trailers. And if they want to get people back at the movie theaters, then maybe they should play the movie at the fucking time they say they're going to play the fucking movie. Because it's 32 minutes, I checked my watch. And I love that Nicole Kidman AMC commercial that they play where she's like, let's get back to the movies. But let me tell you a little secret. When uh, the celebrities go to these press screenings and stuff, they don't play all those previews. They don't make you sit through 32 minutes of commercials. They just play the movie. Sometimes they'll maybe play one trailer. And I like a movie trailer, but they played upwards of 15 trailers before that movie. And so it was 32 minutes. It was 32 minutes before they played the movie. And AMC, if you're listening, you need to cool it because, uh, you know, it's too much. And here's Nicole Kidman on the commercials talking about how great it is to go back to the movies. And I'm thinking Nicole Kidman's not sitting through 32 minutes of commercials when she goes to the movies because press and industry screenings don't do that. They just get right to the movies. And so I did have a, I have to complain about that for a second. And AMC, if you're listening, you need to stop. You want to get people back in those movie theaters? You need to cool it. 
Okay, you need to cool it. And God bless, I want everyone to go back to the movies because it's a beautiful place, my favorite place on earth. Uh, but I had to complain for a minute. I hope I hope that's not mean of me to complain. I hope not. I mean, we want these movies to survive, so I want everyone to go. Uh, you know, and I want everyone to get their Bavarian pretzel. A whole meal, that Bavarian pretzel, and get it with a nacho cheese sauce. Oh, they give you two sauces with it, too. Ah, it was delicious. Although, and while we're here... There was a movie theater here in LA called The Arc Light, and it was my favorite theater. It closed down because of the pandemic, but they had a jalapeno cheese filled pretzel that was my favorite thing on earth. I would go, I would eat, I would excuse myself from the movie. I'd go eat in the lobby a hot dog and a, uh, a jalapeno cheese filled pretzel, and then arrive back like I had just gone to the bathroom. You know, I'd, I would just closet eat it. Nothing better, and I miss that. I miss that pretzel from The Arc Light. So I'm going to need The Arc Light to reopen. Anyway. Uh, go see Scream if you get a chance, and it's fantastic. If you like the original Screams, which I love all of them. I love them all. Scream 2 is, like, underrated, in my opinion. I know it's a sequel, but I actually think I might even like Scream 2 just, probably just as much as Scream 1. And this new Scream rate, rate's right up there. I gotta see it again and uh, have some time apart, but I loved it. Okay, what else? Oh, Courtney Cox, too. I just have to say that I want her to always play a Gail Weathers type. And I think Courtney Cox is supremely underrated. In Friends, do you know this is a bit of trivia? I know we're getting off topic. You tuned in for Housewives Recap. We'll turn it off if you're not interested, Little Bear, because I got to talk about Courtney Cox and how underrated she is for a second. So on Friends, Courtney's the only friend who was never nominated for an Emmy for that show. And to me, Courtney is the glue that holds that whole fucking show together. She was the, one of the, maybe the funniest one on that. I think they were all great, the Friends. But Courtney is supremely underrated in the role of Monica. And in the Scream movies, she's supremely underrated as the role of Gail Weathers. She's a fantastic actress. And I know Jennifer Aniston gets all the cred. But I would like us to put some respect on Courtney Cox's name. And Lisa Kudrow, you know how I feel about her. Lisa Kudrow, to me, is like top three of of women and talented women in the industry. Talented people in the industry. I love Romy Michelle, the comeback, my fave. Uh, so Lisa gets a lot of respect critically. Jennifer Aniston gets a lot of respect commercially. And where does Courtney Cox fall into all this? She's a phenomenal. And I would like us all to put some respect on her name. Okay, okay, I'm going to let that go now. Let it go, let it go. So let's all take a deep breath in. Let's do our cheesy little cool down and let it all go. Let the stresses of our day go. So take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. While we're here, I just also have to say that Isla Fisher is underrated. I rewatched that movie Bachelorette, and I love me some Isla Fisher. So let's put some respect on her name while we're at it. Okay. And Alfrey Woodard. I just want to throw that out there. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. <laughs> I love Alfrey Woodard. Matt always tells me, because sometimes we'll be at a dinner party. He's like, stop talking about Alfrey Woodard. And I'm like, but she's phenomenal. Okay. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. And uh, we'll be back later this week. Love you all. Let it go. Let it go.